Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank all of you for coming along with us today as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation here on the C.L. Bryant Show over the largest talk platform in the nation, the talk monster red state talk radio coast coast border border and around the globe if you're traveling through times square look up above ripley's the iconic ripley's believe it or not and uh, there you will see every hour it flashes up uh, the cl bryant show on that big red state talk billboard uh and um old cl's face looking right back at you. Hey, folks, coming up in the uh, second hour of the show, I got Karen Watson is going to be on with me. And hey, she has a beef with everybody's girl, I guess, America's girl, <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> you know, it seems to me Oprah sometimes, I don't know, she is, is a billion mega and hey listen i ain't got no problem with black folks having money believe me i don't have no problems with that but i have problems with hypocrisy you see whiteness does not come from color and oprah's smart enough to know that whiteness comes from power (laughs) <laughs> the so-called whiteness you know that that it, it, you could you can be any color you want to be as long as you have money and power uh you can fit into whatever they want to call it white green you can make everybody purple whatever whoever has the money and the power has the abilities and whoever ever is able to engage with that has the ability to succeed if you're able to engage with that and then glean from that what you can for yourself, then you can be prosperous too, particularly in America. There is no other place like this place. And, and, and people, I don't care where you go. If this goes away, there is nowhere to go. Oh, I talk about going to New Zealand or whatever, but Why? Would I get the same direct TV? I mean, not direct, but uh, the same cable TV. Uh, you know, is Xfinity big down there? You know, can I talk to my... T- I, you know, what's life like down there? What's the food like? Do I know the... the, the do I have to learn... At my age, am I having to learn an entirely different culture? It might be fun to do, but do I want to do that? <laughs> 
Do any of you want to do that? Do you want to learn a different culture here in this country? I don't. But that's exactly what the progressives, uh, so-called Democrat socialist, uh, Democrat socialist are going to require that you do. You're going to have to relearn, rethink and reevaluate your entire existence. If the Democrats have their way, listen, this is happening in Minnesota right now. Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is police safety tips. Now, I tweeted this out a little bit earlier. I ask you the question, is this what you want? Because this is what you're going to get. But is this what you want? (laughs) Okay. I mean, sometimes you get what you get. I know that's the way it was when I was living in my parents' house. What mama cooked for uh, dinner is what we ate. Are you hearing me? There was no benevolent dictator unless she actually asked me or my dad, well, what would you like for me to fix tonight or tomorrow night? Because she would always ask that question once we were eating what she had fixed. And mom wasn't a bad cook. She was a really good cook. My wife was a chef. So Jane uh, spoiled me absolutely rotten as far as food is concerned. And mom uh, worked in a swanky, fancy, you know, club, uh, private club. And she knew good food. And so, um, yeah. What I'm telling you is happening in Minneapolis, Minnesota right now. Hear this. The police safety tips for people on the streets or leaving their homes. And keep that in mind because I'm going to come back to leaving their homes. Don't walk alone. Carry only items you need and less cash. Be prepared to give up your phone. Use a tracking device. Memorize your license plate number to help police find it, meaning your car, faster. (laughs) Oh, it would be funny if this wasn't so very, very sad. What you're witnessing is the demise of a free nation. Where and and the way it's being uh, brought to its death is by those who actually run cities that have been liberally uh, controlled by Democrats for years. Minneapolis being one of them, New York being another, Los Angeles being another one, Houston, Chicago. Name all of the hot spot cities where crime is rampant. New Orleans in this country. And you will see that Democrats have had control of those cities for years. Places where it's very decent and good to live, easy to live. They are basically run by Republicans. You know what the problem is 
and I can see it with the Oprah Winfrey thing. We're going to talk about that with Karen Watson when she comes up. But you know, the problem is uh, when it comes to all of this, we only look at things in terms of colors. When I say Democrats as a black um, man, when I say Democrats, somehow they just see black when all of us know that that's absolutely not true black people are only 13 percent of the population and even less well you know we're probably a, a pretty big chunk of the democrat party but it can't be that many ex- except for 95 percent which means that uh heck 11 uh, percent of the democrat party it could be identified as black or even more if it makes up 25 or 35%, the numbers get kind of screwy. You know? So, when I say the word Democrat, the problem is, and this is what's happened with Oprah, you see somehow blackface. When I say Republican, you see somehow whiteface. Which means that being a black Republican to a black person calling themselves a Democrat is forbidden. Because all you see is the white face, right? When you say the word Republican, all you see is racist. How are you seeing that? You're seeing it because you have been programmed to see that. And that's all I'm trying to tell you. But, you know, people push back. They fight against that. Uh, naturally, of course, if someone comes along and tells you that uh, what you're thinking and what you're saying is absolute crap. What are you going to what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to push back. Naturally, you will. And and even if you are faced head on with the truth and, and you know it, you know the truth, you know it's true. You know that when you go to your place of work or to the Walmart, uh, when you drive down the street and get out at a rummage sale or go into whatever, the estate sale, or you go into your governmental offices or wherever you go to do business, you know, you know that it's true. There is no racial tension in those places. But you also know that when you come home or when you pick up your little, it's all found. Where is racial tension found? It's found in the screens that we have in our hands and in our homes. That's where racial tension lives. My neighbors uh, in most part uh, are white. I'm, I'm black, full disclosure, and I have, of course, black neighbors right across the street and um, very nice neighbors, wonderful neighbors. And I have uh, a black neighbor up the street, but, but they're by and large, I have Mexicans uh, in, in my neighborhood as well. They're very uh, great people. All of my neighbors are fantastic people, upwardly mobile and doing stuff and, you know, can go do what they want to do. And there is no racial tension here. When I walk down my in my neighborhood, when I walk down the street, 
There is no racial tension here. But do you know where I find racial tension? When I open up my browser, when I turn on the idiot box we call televisions, that's where it exists. And the programming that they have there is geared to make us think that my neighbor next door is hates me. I know that's not so. Friends, let me share this with you. I, um, my, my mother's family is from Grand Cane, Louisiana. And down in Grand Cane, you know, uh, it's just 30 miles away from Shreveport. Shreveport being the last city to concede defeat in the Civil War. Mansfield is, I mean, Grand Cane is between Mansfield, Louisiana, where one of the very last battles of the Civil War was fought, the Battle of Mansfield. And they reenact it uh, almost yearly and call it the rematch. <laughs> And uh, I love, listen, I love my, my folks. I love Southerners. Uh, I'm a Southerner. I am a Southerner. I'm from Grand Cane, Louisiana. That's where I'm from. I mean, that's where, that's where you know, I, I would ra- raised up every summer. I lived down there with my grandparents. But I said all that to say this. I have neighbors, obviously white neighbors, who actually fly Confederate battle flags. I know them. I, my family, our families have known each other since slavery. I know the ins and outs, the character, the type people, the fiber of them. They know the same of me. And we go on. Is there racial tension that they fly their Confederate battle flag? I don't think so. No more than when I would, if I was to raise a black power flag on my property. That's CL's place. I know CL. We talk all the time. If he wants to fly a black power flag on his property, that's CL. And that's his business. Uh, my neighbors, and, and there's more than one, that, that who fly the Confederate battle flag, uh, hey, that's them. That's their property. I know them. I understand that. And when you get to that point of your thinking where you're not thinking in terms of race, color, or the past, And you're thinking of what this represents to that person at this moment. Now, then you are able to truly do what we are instructed to do by God in my discipline. And that is to execute the golden rule. Oh, you do unto others. As you would have them do unto you. Are you hearing me? Only when you get to a point where, yeah, something that should be offensive to you according to the way you are programmed. Is not offensive to you because it's not. 
I have a black power flag flying on my, if I have one flying on my property, why would they be offensive to you if you know me? Huh? It shouldn't be offensive to you because that means something to me. The same way if you're flying a Confederate battle flag on your property, that's not offensive to me because that means evidently means something to you. And I know you. And I know you're not a racist. I know you're not. You know I'm not. And therein lies the healing for all of this where we understand that you do unto others. And that's scripture. That's Jesus speaking here. As you would have them do unto you. You judge people the way you would have you would have them judge you and you don't want them judging you by the flag. But this is where we've gotten to. We've gotten to a place where we're talking about, well, appearances, whether you're flying the black power flag or whether you're flying the Confederate flag. Both of them are offensive to someone unless unless we understand what that means to a person at that moment in time. And hopefully it doesn't mean to them that they are superior to somebody else. It expresses a feeling, not necessarily a racist fe- feeling. Heck, I'm, I'm, I'm the most rebellious person uh, that I know and have known. I'm a rebel. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the word. And what Southerners did, they rebelled against what they felt was wrong as far as a heavy hand of government was concerned being handed out to the states. Were they wrong in wanting to hold on to their slaves as property? Of course they were. I'm talking about my great grandparents. But I understand what the war and what the rebellion was about. And you have to separate that from that because we're still fighting this particular uh, state's rights war now does the heavy hand of big government become the new plantation if in fact we yield to it and allow them to have their way it will Herman Cain said that in a clip, just uh, go to uh, one of the runaway slave clips. And Herman uh, Cain said that in my movie, Runaway Slave. Just um, follow me on Twitter at Rev CL Bryant. I have that in my Twitter feed or go to my Facebook page, the public page. Uh, Listen, God bless and keep you all. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes with more of the CL Bryant show coming up top of the next hour Karen Watson will be with me and hey we got to talk about this Oprah thing because big money blacks can be just as white as anybody else are you hearing me and if you don't have money I don't care how white you are (laughs) You, uh, you may not be able to participate in the things Oprah participates in we'll talk about it when I return don't go anywhere I'm CL be right back (laughs) 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. The New York Post calls out Oprah and Karen Watson and myself are going to be calling her out here in just about 30 minutes, a little little over 30 minutes. I'm going to read the quote. Now hear this. Oprah Winfrey, and we're going to get to the crux of what this response was about when I bring Karen on. But this was Oprah Winfrey's response. Bear in mind, Oprah is a billion, billion, billion dollars rich. Do anything she wants to do. We're going to talk about that, too, as far as riches is concerned. And we'll get to what and why Oprah responded this way when Karen comes on. But this is what she responded. This is how she responded. There are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people. The caste system that uh, is been put in place. But they still, no matter where they are, on the rung or ladder of success, they still have their whiteness. (laughs) Do you see where this is going? You know what this actually does? It makes people who buy into this bitter that they're not white themselves. Which, to tell you the truth, those of us who don't buy into this are proud to be who we are. And we take advantage and make the best of who we are with our lives, the same as everybody else is concerned. My God, do I know poor white people who have their whiteness, according to uh, Oprah. But uh, as far as I can tell, uh, they're as poor as anybody else that I know who would be black or Asian or Latino. Poor is poor. It smells the same. I've been around it a lot in poor areas and uh, in, in different nations. I've been around poor. Among white, among brown, among black, even Asians. I've been around poor. And don't let anybody f- fool you or lead you to this purple rain kind of crap that Oprah's trying to lay down talking about. Uh, they still have their whiteness. No, they have the stench of poverty if they're poor I don't care what color they are and for someone like her to say something like this is probably the most insensitive thing that anybody can can do a person who is supposed to be a humanitarian has been one 
She has been one. I mean, you know, full credit. She has been one. But why keep up this type of, uh, I don't know, rhetoric? They still have their whiteness. I still have my blackness. What does that mean? You mean that they, by automatically being white, have more privilege than Oprah Winfrey? (laughs) What? Listen, you can be blind, crippled, and crazy, and not by that unless you are crazy and what has happened to that black vote the black vote has been blinded and crippled and mad for the last 45 50 years the black vote has been angry about something you would have thought that uh, we would have evolved past as I have I don't know about the rest I've evolved past it because I refuse to allow the uh, pains of the past drag me and keep me there. No, I, I let the pains of the past be a bridge to my American future because that's what I have. There's nothing I can do about the past. And there's nothing I can do about my grandparents or great-grandparents' past. I mean, they, they were slaves and they paid a price for it. The price that I'm, uh, they paid the price for me to enjoy what I'm enjoying right now. And it would be absolutely, uh, it would be blasphemous for me to uh, disavow their valor, the courage, and their victory by lamenting what they had to endure. No, they endured it with joy knowing that a better day would come for me. And I am doing what I do with joy, hoping that my grandchildren or even my great-grandchildren, I pray God, will live in an America where we can indeed remember and live out the words of Dr. King in understanding that the value of human Being the value of being a human is found in the fact of what you have locked in your character. Let that out. Oh, any fool can look at you and tell what color you are. Oh, they may wonder which category to put you in because uh, you may be beige or something of that nature. Huh? That's just the way the world will pan out eventually anyway. The Chinese may be the last to fall. And the Japanese, the Asians may be the last to fall. But the the world is going in that direction. I mean, there's no way to uh, turn that around. Uh, Jane and I kicked off our part of it, uh, 46, nearly 47 in, in over a little over six months, be 47 years ago <clears throat> where we kicked that off in our own little corner of the world. So I pray God that the day will come where my great grandchildren, my grandchildren will live 
in a world where they are judged truly by the content of character, what they bring to the table without very wealthy individuals like this one poisoning the minds of millions, literally millions of people who, and then how, how do you push away the people who made you what, who you are? Oprah has, or, or maybe had, far more white fans than she had black fans. She would, by necessity, would have to, simply because of the way the um, demographics would work out. Yeah, it would just work out that way. How do you, how do you uh, purposely alienate that group of people? How do you purposely turn people on each other in this fashion? How do you do that? Why? Why do that? It's because our nation is being controlled and the narratives are being run by those who are Democrat socialist. And the only way to staunch the way this nation is going is to vote them out. They must be voted out. If you hand that gavel Back to Nancy Pelosi, who would deserve to have it if she is able to keep a majority in that House of Representatives. If you give the Senate majority to Schumer, he will deserve to have it. And if you give the presidency to Joe Biden, Ocasio-Cortez, and Bernie Sanders will deserve to have it. Because, friends, you can believe this. Joe Biden is only on board with Joe, with 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 uh, uh, Acacia and uh, Bernie, because it's the only way he would get the nomination. Joe doesn't believe that stuff. But he's weak. It would be different if he was strong. Age wouldn't matter, but the problem with Joe is Joe is weak and he's getting old. If he was strong, age would not matter. Are you hearing me? I know a many a eighty-five-year-old strong men, strong of mind, strong of body. They uh, give me hope. They're the prototype of who I want to be. Even better when I get to eighty-five years old, way down the road now. But they're the prototype of the type of man I want to be. I mean, they're still there. They're still virile and active. They're the kind that you saw back in the Bible days. I want to be that man. 
and you ought to make up your mind that you're going to be that man, that woman, too. I'm not giving it up. I'm staying in the fight. I just need to know where I'm going to fight this thing. Am I going to be fighting it from America? I'm going to be an expatriate somewhere else. I don't know. I guess I'll just stay and fight for it. I was talking to my good friend, uh, a good friend of mine up in Colorado, and she was saying that I was saying to her that, uh, you know, hey, I just might uh, skip off to New Zealand or somewhere if something bad happens during this election cycle. And she said, wow, CL, you surprised me. I thought you'd stay and fight with us. Fight for us. Well, I speak to my own shame. And she did as well. I would almost have to. You would too. I would have to stay and fight for us. Even though you sure would like to take off. Lay down, lay it all down. Just throw it all away. But can you actually do that? Can a man who has put his hand to plowing the field turn back from doing it? Then he is not fit then for reaping the harvest that should come from his labor. He's not fit to reap it because he didn't finish the work. He can't reap it. And so if we want to make the country and keep the republic that we were given, if we can keep it, then you have to fight for it. Yeah. We must be vigilant and fight for it. 89 days away from now, um, we will know. And this is definitive. And this has been said about other presidential elections, but uh, quite frankly, though, this is definitively said right now. This is definitive. In 89 days, 88 days, we will know what direction the country will go again. We were booming before this coronavirus hit, and so the direction that we thought we would go in under Donald Trump actually happened. We went in that direction. It was prosperous. It was a roller coaster ride to the stars as far as finances were concerned. And then Corona hit. And the jobs that everybody had and the jobs that people uh, could boast they had and the the money that they were getting uh, from the jobs, uh, the low unemployment numbers that were so evident because of the jobs, (laughs) it all went away. And, of course, um, if you receive the glory for creating the jobs, um, you're going to receive the blame if they go away, even if you're not to blame. So, friends, what I, I want you to understand is this. (laughs) 
we have an opportunity here. We have still have plenty of time to sustain the America that we were handed by our parents. <clears throat> or we will have an America that has been hijacked by the likes of Ocasio-Cortez, who is young, and a Bernie Sanders who is old enough to know better, but yet his most desired dream was to see America become Cuba. What would that mean for Bernie? It would mean that Bernie and everyone who is with Bernie would be like the Castros and the elites in Cuba. They'd be like them. It'd be that way in America. There would be elites in America who had money, but the government owns everything, including your money. They then would, in fact, lord over the rest of us. We're the last bastion. You see, people complain that things are not equal here in America. You better be glad that they're not. Once everything becomes equal and everybody has the same stuff, it simply means that government is in charge of your life. And it doesn't matter how well you do in life, how successful you are in life, what ideas you come up with, it doesn't matter because everybody will have the same stuff. Your work doesn't matter because it doesn't mean it doesn't make any difference if you're better than your coworker. It doesn't make any difference if you work harder than they do. Are you hearing me? Was somebody's called the boss? Okay, they're getting the same thing you're getting. I mean, they may have a little bit more, a uh, few more coins, two or three more dollars, but they're getting the same thing you're getting. There's really no boss because everybody has the same thing. What's that? What's our goal? Well, there's really no goal because you know there's an equal outcome here. Super Bowl has to go away because it would be the harbinger of somebody winning and somebody losing. No, life is full of winners and losers. On the day that Cain killed Abel, well, you could say that uh, Cain was the winner that day. Or you might say Abel was. I don't know. I just know that there's winners and losers on certain days at certain times. And Americans, if we go down the path that uh, Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez through through Joe Biden would want us to go down, we will be losers. Big time. It's hard to be told that you're wrong. But those who are behind Biden, you're wrong. I'll be back. So you clean me up in 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us and it's a great day because of people like you throughout the fruited plains who go about living their american lives daily and uh unashamed unabashed unafraid um that's the way i'm gonna live mine i don't know about anybody else but i'm gonna live mine boldly because yeah you're gonna live i don't care who you are you whether you get run over by a bus have a heart attack fall out of the sky in an airplane or just lay down and die one of these days the fact of the matter is you're going to live until that time comes. And yeah, people take the precautions as necessary to uh, not be reckless, but I'm not going to be sheepish. I am going to live. Now I have friends, uh, two or three friends who have children who are on the way, and I don't want to endanger their mothers or anything like that. If they uh, are, are saying that, hey, um, you can't come in without a mask or whatever, they put a mask on because I want to go see my friends or whatever, and I want uh, to see my little uh, nephews and and uh, Uncle CLs, you know, and and uh, you know when they come around, you know, I, I want I want that. I mean, I'm not going to endanger any of my friends or relatives. There's no way. But I'm not going to live my life like I'm in a bubble or something. You understand? When I go when I go out and do something, when once this thing is, I'm going to live my life the way I have been living it. The way Herman lived his life. And I um, uh, take this moment right now to say this. Uh, that Herman lived his life. And I, I and let me clarify this because people are still calling. People are still, uh, you know, up in arms about, you know, it's there in Tulsa almost two months ago now, not having mask on. Folks, all of us in that picture that you saw flashed all across uh, the world on those screens. Uh, Herman and I being, you know, close together. And then yet Stacy, uh, there have Stacy on sometime uh, this week or next week. Uh, and, and, you know, um, Corinne, Deneen, and, you know, uh, we were all there together um, along with, um, you know, everybody was there, Paris, Denard, we were all there together. But we had all been tested about two hours before that. Uh, and none of us had left the company of the others. In fact, we were sort of in a bubble ourselves, you know, because we had um, potential of having access and being around the present. So all of us had to be tested. And every one of us were negative, including Herman Cain. Herman was negative. And so was I and so was everybody. So that's what they're not telling you. And the only way that that is not so is if the tests are not good. 
And the president um, pretty much laid it out a couple of days ago when he said, hey, friends, you got these news people asking questions about why? Is it that America has so many more cases than the rest of the world? Well, we test more than the rest of the world. India has one point, what, five, one point nine billion people. India. And they've only attested 11 million. We have 325, 350 million people here and we've tested 63 million. Well, yeah, we're going to have more more cases reported because we're doing more testing. That's how efficient we are. We're, and I'll tell you something. That's how open we are. And it's good, but it's also bad. Because it gives people who want to take things out of context and, and just blow them up to something that is not. Of course, we have more cases than England and France and uh, Germany has. First of all, we're, shoot, 10 times, put them all together, we're 10 times larger than they are. You know. And we test more than they do. So naturally, you're going to have that. And, 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 And let me say this, folks. I'm saying this specifically to black folks. I know that many of us, because of, uh, you know, we like sugar, we like salt and greasy stuff. I mean, let's just talk about the southern black diet. Well, the southern diet, period, leads to bad health. I know as many folks who are white with diabetes, I know it's black with diabetes. But, you know, that's sugar in the blood, and I, and I understand that maybe there is some that it's hereditary or whatever you may have it. But most of the time when we're talking about life threatening diabetes, it's because of what you eat or don't eat that uh, that causes that. And so how do you get race out of human condition unless you do it purposely. If you can want to make everything about German shepherds, you can do that. Oh, sure, you can can fit everything. You, You can make everything about them if you want to do that. But is everything about the German shepherd? And you might say, well, you're simplifying and oversimplifying because of something that's very difficult. No, it's not. You're born and you're who you are. And the way you approach your environment, I'm talking to Americans now because I don't know what it's like to be Indian. I, I don't know what it's like to be Russian or German or Nigerian. I don't know what it's like to be African. I'm talking to Americans now. You are born And you are born in the land of plenty, which it will not be if you allow Joe Biden to become president of the United States. If you allow Nancy Pelosi to hang on to that gavel 
And if you let Republicans lose that Senate, you might as well start looking for places like New Zealand, wherever, I don't know, to go. Because it won't be America anymore. It won't be this anymore. And I read for you earlier uh, the tips, the safety tips that's um, coming from the Minneapolis police to the citizens on the street. I read to you their safety tips in case you missed it. Let me read the safety tips of the Minneapolis police safety tips during what they're calling a crime surge. Now, why is there a crime surge and why are the police issuing these safety tips? It's because the mayors of these liberal Democrat cities have ordered the police to stand down. And so criminals, being who they are, by name, criminals are... Well, let's just face it. Criminals are having a field day. (laughs) They're running rampant. And um, since you happen to play dodgeball out on the streets when you're walking out on the streets, the police are offering safety tips during this crime surge. Tip number one, don't walk alone. Well, that's part of the fun of um, going for a walk, unless it's a walk with someone you love. But part of the fun for me is going on a walk is to walk alone. Uh, Carry only items you need and less cash. Be prepared to give up your phone. (laughs) <laughs> Be prepared to give up your phone. Use a tracking device. Memorize your license plate number to help police find it, meaning your car, faster. Americans, can I say this to you? Or can I ask you this question first? Are we being punked here? I mean, really? Really? Be prepared to give up your phone. Because (laughs) there are people going to be coming to jack you up. Lawlessness leads to more lawlessness because... Uh, you're going to have people pulling out pistols, shooting somebody who's trying to jack them up. And what is happening is they are waiting for something like this to happen, whereas a white person defends themselves against a criminal who may be somebody else, just a criminal, could be white, black, anybody, Latino, anybody. They're waiting for you to try to defend yourself against criminals. They're waiting for you to shoot somebody. 
so that <laughs> come after your guns for one thing. Be prepared to give up your phones. Be prepared to give up your life. Give, be prepared to just let criminals run you, run, run you into the ground. No, what I'm prepared to do is empower police to bust heads where necessary. Take back the streets. Go home. Take back the streets because it's a sham. Talking about you protesting uh, George Floyd's. It's a sham. Talking about you uh, out there protesting because black lives. It's a sham. Go home. You know it's a sham because ain't nobody saying nothing about them not wearing masks. Nobody saying nothing about them. It's a sham. Yeah, but it was that uh, important. Surely the children of liberal elites, and many of them are children of liberal elites out there on the streets, acting a fool. Why? Because they can. They they got plenty of money. They don't need a job. They don't need to go to work. So they go tear down what where you go to work. Huh? They don't, they don't they don't need um to go to work because their mamas and daddies are rich. And you got some black ones out there the same way as getting uh parents have money, have plenty of money. And if they don't have plenty of money, they're being funded by somebody who does have plenty of money. If you've not asked yourself how the how these people out here daily doing all this kind of stuff and ain't got no jobs. How do they eat? Oh, shoot, somebody burned down my city. I need to find some way to feed my family, feed myself at this point because it's just me. I got to eat. I want nobody burning down the supermarkets and, root lot, and looting them. No. Be back with Karen Watson after Top of the Hour. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. 
the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me here on the C.L. Bryant Show as we build that bridge to conversation daily right here over Red State Talk Radio, the talk monster. It's a talk platform, largest one in the nation, most listened to, and we're most grateful uh, to um, be a part of that family throughout the fruited plains of, pardon me, our great nation. And joining me uh, here in just a moment will be our, our friend, friend of the show. Someone's been on the show with me for years now, uh, Karen Watson, and um, she is involved in so many different things. I'm going to talk to her here in just a second. I want you to understand something here, folks. It's crunch time. 88 days, 89 days. Hey, listen, it's crunch time. It's been said before. Uh, and it's not no need to say it again. After November 3rd, we will truly know which and we may not. We may not. Not even on November 4th or 5th. Uh, who knows what, how screwy this election is going to be. But uh, I, I, I want you to understand we will know for certain which direction our nation is taking just in 88 days. And it'll be definitive it will be definitive. Joining me now is Karen Watson, author of several books. We're going to talk about that. Uh, she, of course, is Texas State Director of New Journey Pack. And as I have said to you in the past, and I'm telling you again, she is a friend of the show, a friend of mine. Karen Watson, welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you, friend? I am great, CL. I adore you. Always have. I have. You are such a mentor to me, and what you have done for our country uh, should be applauded by us all. So, well, thank you, thank you. Well, God bless you, girl. I thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, I'm just speaking the truth. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Karen, let's talk about your pack. Uh, talk to us yeah. about this pack. Uh, let's start off there. You, you go. You talk to us. Well, New Journey Pack is the group that is ready to bring fire, fight fire with fire. I mean, the Democrats and the left, Antifa, BLM, and all the like, they are burning Bibles. They are still trying to pull down statues. They are vandalizing buildings and they are very aggressive and up until now we as conservatives have not had the foot-to-foot response and it's you know we are now saying you know what if that's the game you play then we can play that game as well so we are getting together black conservatives to match them in the street just in you know i'm based in texas love texas Love Texas, but yeah. not too far from where I live, there's a town called Weatherford. Mm-hmm. I know Weatherford and well. Yeah, yeah. I know Weatherford. and this yeah. was in the Dallas Morning News, and someone can check the story if they want. Weatherford is a nice kind of sleepy town. Yeah, it is. They I- don't bother anybody, yeah. but people are bothering them. Just on Saturday, I read where Weatherford had to defend 500 of the citizens of Weatherford had to defend against the people who showed up, the 50 people who showed up in their town to, to create mayhem. What? And they said, yes, yes, 
Whether, yes, listen, Neil, folks, let me, this let, let me, is going on. Karen, yeah. Karen, let me say this. Folks, when you yeah. drive into Weatherford, it is a beautiful town square, gorgeous. circles around. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And like Karen said, it's a sleepy little place. You don't expect any foolishness to be no. going on there. And I don't care who you are, red, yellow, black, or white. There's no foolishness going on there. Karen, no, it's Mayberry, okay? It is Mayberry. Everybody, I mean, it's just a sweet town. And last week, last week, a group of 50 from out of town, which is their standard, they showed up in Weatherford, and the newspaper, the Dallas Morning News, which is not a bastion of conservatism, I promise you. Oh, I know. That it was like Fort Sumter. And if everybody knows, and I know your listeners know, because you're always educated, Fort Sumter was what began the Civil War. And they showed up to create mayhem, only because the citizens of Weatherford had heard about it, that they gather 500 of their own citizens, and they were armed. And... They were like, this is not going to happen here. I'm glad to hear it. Now, that, Americans, that is standing up. That yeah. is standing up. And there's nothing. Karen, you and I, full disclosure, Karen and I are both black Republicans. We're black conservatives. Yeah. Karen, I don't see anything raises in that at all. Do you? I see. I was, and that's what New Journey is doing. If you know that people are going to show up, we will show black conservatives will show up for you and with you and among you. Because there are black people who live in Weatherford that don't take want that mess. And only because, and it was quoted in the Dallas Morning News, only because they were outnumbered. Wow. Did they back down? Yeah. Only, now no arrests were made, okay? Which there should have arrests been made, but only because they were outnumbered. It was 50 to, uh, you know, 50 to the 500. So wow. what if it had not, I mean, what, and that's happening all over the country. If it happens in weather, it's going to I think it happened in Midland. Wow. Midland, Texas. So, the, you know, this has started. It's whether or not people are going to get engaged in it or not. This and is the tactic. journey is deeply engaged. So I so beg, please, for people to get a part of this fight, to join this, to, to participate, to, Go to newjourneypack.org. Uh, Michelle, and put it up on our website. Donate. Put it up on yeah. our website, Michelle. And uh, we will promote it because it sounds like something that I would certainly want to promote. Put it up on our website. And you can go to the C.L. Bryant Show, uh, com, the C.L. Bryant Show dot com. And, um, and I don't promote my website as much as I should. I should, but uh, or and then Michelle, they're going to attach it to my Facebook page or something too, uh, my public page, and also uh, let's attach it because let, let's let's promote this. I like I like the idea. Also, you know, uh, the New York Post. We're let the we're, all of this. I don't understand why race is such a thing in the year 2020 when any of us can do what we want to do. Listen, you know as well as I do, and 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 both of us, I guess, can say amen to it. You know that I'm not opposed to any persons in this country, particularly black people, being financially secure. Can I get an amen, Karen? Amen. Amen. And, and but so when we talk about Oprah Winfrey. Who has yeah. gabillions of dollars? I mean, gabillions. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, she has the privilege of enjoying any kind of color she wants. She can be white, she can be black. She, can, she. Why does she always promote something that's divisive? In your opinion, talk about this New York Times uh, post well, uh, piece. It, it, it breaks my heart. 
I mean, it breaks my heart because it's such a missed opportunity. First, Oprah should be so against all of the stuff that's being, that's tearing down our country. She really should be. But she has been, I mean, to have her, uh, the things that she has been able to achieve, and I, I'm telling you, only in America and only under capitalism, she could not have achieved this any other way, that that she would, again, kind of just not get it. Yeah. You know, not get it. It's kind of like in the Bible, and see, you, you're more of a genius on this than I am, but it's kind of like somewhere in the Bible where it says, you know, the the craft or the item that is made turns around and looks at the potter and like, who are you? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not God, but what, what I'm saying is it was because of this system, this American system, this, that she has prospered on there. There are a lot of brilliant other black women all over the world. Yeah. That have, have, and I'm not taking a nickel away from her talent. No, 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 they no. They are just as talented. Yeah. But they couldn't make it in Kenya. They couldn't make it in Uganda. They couldn't make it in all these other places. So what is unique about America? It's not just the soil. It's the land and the ideas and the opportunities that are here. And why can't we celebrate that? Especially someone who has deeply benefited from that. We should continue to lift people up instead of putting people down. What, What benefit does it do? to try to pull people down, especially at this time. At this time, we need, we need people to uplift. If you can't say something, I say nothing at all. And if anybody, you, you know, who people have the means to support, support. But to tear people down and to make people feel victims, that is unfortunate. And it's a use, it's a waste of, of energy because people don't need to hear that right now. We need to hear how do we overcome? How do we achieve? How do we get out of this? How do we stop? being in this this echo chamber of everything's lost and, not, you know, what are we going to do? I know people from my church who are not doing well because they're caught up in the anxiety of what the mainstream media is giving them. Yeah, you know, you know something, The world is not over and God is still on the throne. Amen to that. Uh, you know what, Karen, um, the thing that I'm seeing among our folks, in particular black folks, is yeah. the fact that we seem to be more frightened than I have seen us in a long time. And it it seems as though I'm hearing these commercials, even on local radio of y'all stay home. When you you turn on, you know, when you turn on inner city music and, uh, you know, I I just want to hear what the commercials are. And I'm hearing their commercials to the black community. Y'all stay home, stay safe. You know, they're not it all giving them encouragement to get yeah. out and live their lives. It appears they're looking for something to come along as a raft or a lifeboat to keep them home. Karen, we can't survive like this. No, we can't. And that's another going back to New Journey, because guess what? We are going to be using those funds that are going to be donated to us to put our, uh, commercials on black radio, giving a, a positive narrative instead of the negative narrative. Because black people know we have overcome a lot. The fact that there is an Oprah Winfrey means we have overcome a lot. Oh, absolutely. We, 
Absolutely. You know, so Oprah, there is no English. We're celebrating that because right now they don't want us to know the truth. Yeah, there's they no English like, yeah, Oprah Winfrey. There's no so Italian easy. Oprah Winfrey. There's none. Yeah. Of, you know, there, you know, there is Oprah is, exists in America. That's it. Yeah. There, there, she she does not. She could not exist anywhere else. Could not. And you know no. what, Karen? Your story or my story couldn't be told nowhere That's else right. but here. That's, right. That's the common denominator. T- tell us, yeah. a, tell us about um, uh, this thing. Uh, what what is this white guilt? Uh, white folks seem to be buying into this thing. What? Why? Why is it that they themselves can't get over themselves and and just move on? You know, I, mean, I mean, none of us seem to be able to just move on. We're dragged back into this hole. Talk to us. Well, I. I'm going to just quickly tell you my own personal church, one of the pastors, and I'm Presbyterian, my own personal church that I love and adore and have been uh, a front pew member. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you Um, Presbyterians are like that. I know you. (laughs) Yeah. My heart is broken because one of the associate pastors has placed on the home, on the yard of the home that he resides which is on church property, a Black Lives Matter sign oh my on the yard. Oh, I, Yes, yes. So I'm having, I have requested a meeting with him, and I, I told him, one, I mean, they're, they're, I'm like the only black American parishioner at the church. Seriously. Wow. The only one. And I told him, I said, not only does that, sign offend me it personally offends me but it being not on personal property it on church property is even more offensive and i also let him know that it offends many black people because Absolutely. white guilt is offensive and i did tell him i said yes there are things that can be done and i can give you a list of things that can be done and most of it is the opposite of what they're doing now school choice fighting for that is something that can be done fighting against Planned Parenthood and that murder mill that they're running in most black and brown communities where 70% of all Planned Parenthoods are in black communities. Yeah. Killing children. And I mean, it it gives me chills to think about that. You know, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This is something here that um, you, you, you touched upon. And I want to probe into this a a little bit, bit deeper because you are the parishioner that gives to support the church. Yes. Black Lives Matter has not given a dime to the church. Black uh, Lives Matter doesn't give anything for black people. To black period. people, period. And so it amazes me that a church would take in would not take into account its parishioners and 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 then put something so blatant on church property that is just yes. blatant and so i, I, I wish you success we're having with a meeting i've requested a meeting i have i have made my my point i have contacted him directly as the bible says you got a problem with somebody your brother go to him directly i have done that i have told him how offensive it is to me i have told him putting up a black lives matter does nothing for black people but offend us i have told him that it appears to be to sound and fairy signifying nothing and some hippy-dippy white guilt and does not put one black child in school. Does not put where we are in desperate need to be uh, well-educated. You know, 
if you want to do something for black people, I got a list for you. Okay? <laughs> let's make sure we get back in school. Let's make sure we can read. Let's make sure we can do do math. Let's make sure we can access computers. There's a long list I have for you. Putting that sign make you feel better doesn't do it and that's exactly what it is to make you feel better karen watson yeah. you are always a fantastic guest and give us you now your website get about two minutes tell everybody how to get a hold of you and how to engage with you bring you to a city where they are if they are oh so thank you because we've got a fight and if people don't realize it we've got a fight uh, reach out to me i'm la- launching my new podcast karen watson speaks and you can find that on Facebook, reach out to me on Facebook and on the social media. Uh, you can find me on GOPBuzz.com. You can find me, uh, connect with me on New Journey Pack. Uh, we, let's, let's win this fight. And you know we can win it. We can win it. Listen, Thanks to you, CL. Well, Seriously, God bless and God I, bless I, and keep you, Karen. I honor you. God bless and keep you. Thank you so much for your friendship uh, to me and the show. And uh, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because, Karen Watson, you are fighting the good fight. Uh, I'll see you on the trail. We'll hook up soon. Uh, thank you thank so much you. for being on us. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. That was my good friend, Karen Watson. And, hey, folks, um, you need to get in touch with her. I, I got to tell you something. Uh, there are some really great things coming along now um, that we as Americans together should become involved in. There should be a different narrative. We have let them... Define the narrative. Are you hearing me? They are uh, giving definition to who you are. That's not good. Never will be good. Don't accept that as good. Friends, we have an opportunity now to actually examine the idea of content of character. We have the opportunity now, if we have the courage, the opportunity is there. But like most things, many times you don't have the courage to take the opportunity. Reminds me of um, um, what my cousin told me and my younger cousin, my age, and he's older. He came from Vietnam, but he came and, you know, he would give us advice on women and so forth, girls. And he would say, the prettiest girl will give you an opportunity. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. 
Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Forgive me. Um, was trying to eat a little bit of trail mix there. You Gibbons. Have you ever eaten a tree bark? But anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But anyway, I was saying when I so rudely ran up against the music, my cousin told us that uh, the prettiest woman, we were talking about opportunity and courage. The prettiest woman will give you an opportunity to speak to her and talk to her. But you got to have the courage to do it. Are you hearing me? You must have the courage to speak to her. Opportunity is around for everybody in, in this nation, but you got to have the courage to take advantage of the opportunity that's that's yours. And it, it, it befuddles me. I mean, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. It befuddles me when I see people not taking advantage of God-given opportunities in this land. Uh, Karen Watson was my guest in the last hour. And um, we were saying that there there is no English Oprah. Oh, there might be a, an equivalent, you know. But the difference is England knows our Oprah. We know nothing about theirs. And the thing, the truth is, we probably don't care. I don't know who the Indian Oprah is. If you're in show business, you probably do. But we don't. But the Indians know who our Oprah is. The Germans know our Oprah. We don't know their Oprah. I don't know if they have one in Germany. I'm pretty sure there is none in Russia. Uh, Nigeria, I'm certain Nigeria in the continent of Africa has several people who want to claim the crown as Oprah in Africa. But we don't know who they are. But all of them know who our Oprah is. My point is Oprah's story could not be told if she was anywhere else but here. In a country where she wants to um, somehow point out the advantages of whiteness when she is a cotillionaire. She, she can be as white as anybody. Any Rockefeller. Because, uh, quite frankly, after you reach a um, certain amount of money, I mean, it's... <laughs> 
And once you have a certain amount of money, it's just all paper. Then it's just all on the it's just on on the paper. Then, yeah, you can get it. You can get money from the bank anytime you want it. But I mean, it's just it's all on paper. <laughs> once you reach that plateau, and it doesn't matter what color you are. Are you forgetting that there are big pampered athletes, most basketball players, football players uh, in this country, pampered white and black, who they, they, they sometimes chime in on this race thing. But I'm going to tell you the truth. They could care less as long as they get their paper, as long as they get paid. Do you really think Colin Kaepernick would have anything to do with this if he didn't think he was going to get paid? Don't you think he'd go away if he wasn't paid? Of course he would. I, 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 of course he would. Got paid to do it. To distort. I understand paid messaging. We are learning in America today, Americans, paid distortion. That's what's happening in this country. We are learning paid distortion. And so, my question. Um, what's the what's the end game? Where does it end? Is it supposed to end? I don't think so. Because you're hearing words like new phrases, like new normal. There, they, whoever they are, whoever they are, whoever the programmers are, They want you to accept what's on the table right now, the mask and the sheltering and the, and the, you know, you be, be very afraid and we'll take care of you type of spending uh, approach. They want that to be your new normal. This is the scary part here. A lot of you have gotten used to it being that. A lot of you have gotten used to it being that. Well, you you uh, make the excuse, well, I'm a homebody anyway. I like being here at my house anyway. Uh, yeah. So they restrict um, you there to your house. And so pretty soon uh, you won't be able to drive very far unless they give you permission. You see how this works? You understand how this works, right? This has nothing to do with you working from home. This has to do with them having the power to tell you. You see, and, and, and I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'll say it anyway. It goes back to the Civil War. Everything contained in the power of big government to tell you what you're going to do is contained in whatever your lifestyle is. Their lifestyle was having slaves. 
But it, and of course, they wanted to keep the slaves because there's thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of acres that need to be cleared and, and harvested and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they naturally wanted to keep the slaves because they they didn't want they couldn't do the work themselves. They couldn't do it, and they couldn't hire enough white folks to do it. Indians were not going to do it. So slave trade was humongous. It was necessary. There wouldn't be no Atlanta, Memphis, uh, Houston. There would be no Washington, D.C., New York City. There'd be none without the labor of black folks. I don't care where they are, where they're from. Uh, this, has, this has to do with just people. Uh, yeah, they may have been slaves, but they, there's a foundation that was laid that I stand on proudly. Glad they did it. My story could not be told if they had not. That's the gratitude that we should have, not the bitterness. The gratitude that they were men and women enough to pay the price. Not the bitterness over the fact that they went through something. When they look back over your life and they, they try to find out what you went through, believe me, when they put your went through up against what they went through, is not going to match up. So knock it off, okay? When they put your went through what your great-grandparents and grandparents went through, it's not going to match up, okay? In fact, you're going to look like an idiot because they paid the price for you to have a better life, but you spent it being bitter about what happened to them. How stupid can you get? <laughs> but that is where so many of us are. We're lost in the 50s. 40s, 30s, and 20s. We go, we go all the way back to Reconstruction. We so lost. Friends, it's time to get over it. Move forward. I told you a couple of days ago that when it comes to those statues and all of that kind of thing that's, that's there, uh, that people are wanting to tear down. Listen, um, King marched past those statues and so forth. They didn't mean nothing to him. What he wanted was the opportunity to have an opinion about them and then maybe put up a statue of his own. He wanted to tear down history. He wanted to add to it. It's the only way to do that. Folks want to, want to tear down, want to revise the history books. And I understand uh, a lot of people saying, well, history is written, written by those who are in power. Well, take power. As far as telling your story, telling your story in this country, your history, I understand that uh, my, my roots, according to my DNA profile, uh, run into Nigeria uh, from the tribe of Igbo. It's what I'm, I'm, I'm told, what I am led to believe. And, of course, um, Scots and Irish. As well, uh, Bryant happens to be, my father was half um, Caucasian. <laughs> yeah. Bryant is my name. It's, but I don't know where my Nigerian roots run to. I don't know what my name would be there. 
You know, I just know that I'm from that tribe, but there's people who have names there, you know. And many of people from the tribe of Ebo, they just use their Ebo as their last name. Yeah. Not really knowing what their name is. I understand that that is a part of the black experience in this country, and it has its place, but it doesn't have its place every day in my life, no more than my being a um, uh, a, a, a political consultant has its place in my life every, every moment, every waking moment, every day. No, 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 no. I'm much, I'm much more than that. I'm much more than a black man. Oh, I hope you hear me. I'm much more than that. Uh, in this country, oh my goodness. I am what my grandparents, great-grandparents wanted to be. And that's free. They paid the price. And so, as granddaddy told me, standing in that field, after I had driven up there, blasting Jane Brown on my eight-track tape deck, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. I was blasting it loud, coming down that dirt, dusty road. Grandpa met me as I was striding across the field. I had a huge afro. was very Afrocentric. He put his rough-hewn pup wood cutting finger in my face. I almost choke up every time I think about it. And he um, said to me, he said to me, Sonny, that's what he called me, Sonny, I didn't go through all I went through so you could be black. I went through all that I went through so that you can be free. Yeah. Now, that's been 50 years ago, maybe, almost. It's been about 47 years ago. I was just a kid. Um, yeah, 48, maybe 48 years ago. I was about 16, 17 years old. And um, it didn't sink in that day what he was saying to me. Like I said, I was coming down the road. Blasting James Brown on my eight-track tape deck. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. I mean, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. You know, you know how I went with James Brown. That was my. That was one of my favorite songs during. That was my favorite song during the day. Yeah, I want nobody to give me nothing. Move out of my way. I get it myself. That was the actually to tell you the truth. The roots of my conservative thought actually came from uh, that song. When I look back on it actually came from that song. I don't want nobody get me nothing. Move out of my way. I'll get it myself. The Godfather of Soul, James Brown. Uh, him, Jim Brown. Uh, you know, as well as people like uh, Otis Redding, Sam Cooke. They were upwardly mobile black men who just thought that only you got to do is get out of my way. And I'll get it myself. And that somehow, that spirit of do it yourself, do it ourselves, somehow perished or went away after King's assassination. It left. It, it went away. 
And you had your hustlers fill the void, like uh, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, two, two most prominent. Your hustlers began to fill the void. And Hollywood helped them fill it. Oh, yeah, Jesse made gabillions off of Hollywood. Uh, Al probably did, too. Yeah. And, and Budweiser and beer commercials, all kinds of things. These guys, these guys cleaned up in changing the narrative from what King was about to what they were about. And they were about race hustling. King was about racial um, character. Jesse and Al were about hustling the color. Are you hearing me? Yeah, yeah. And and, and so I talk about this. I talk about this around the country. Uh, you want to want me to come? Just get in touch with me. Uh, you can get in touch with me through Freedom Works. Yeah, FreedomWorks dot org. FreedomWorks dot org. Go there and um, uh, you can get in touch with me or just FreedomWorks staff, uh, and you'll come to my profile there and just uh, make a request, a media request, and I can come to where you are as soon as we can. We'll come to where you are. We'll work that out. Now, success, I agree with the president wholeheartedly. And we were headed in that direction before this coronavirus. The president said success, not more laws, will heal racism. Hey, sounds like he's getting in campaign and warrior mode. Mr. President, I cannot agree with you more. Listen, I don't care what color you are. If you are not being successful at what you are attempting to do. Hey, you can make all the laws you want. Somehow you're going to think you're somebody being racist or you being taken. You may be white. And you, you may be white and you're thinking that, hey, they put that guy up ahead of me. You know, I don't know what may happen. Or you may be black and you think, well, they put the white guy up ahead of me. And I, you know, you may never know what happened. But success would have changed that narrative altogether, wouldn't it? If you were doing something more successful. That would have changed that narrative, wouldn't it? I believe it would have. It would have changed that. If you had been looking at it from a standpoint of you being successful, it may not have even mattered to you. Success heals racism, not new laws. I'm CL. I'll be right back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA, the final um, segment of uh, today's show. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Do you realize the level of fear that uh, is in this country right now? You know, I'm afraid to go uh, because, you know, well, you know, friends, listen, I'm going to share this with you the last hour, of the, sh- the last segment of this show. Home stretch. If you don't get both hours of the show, download free the C.L. Bryant show app and all of the shows uh, that I don't mess up or <laughs> Are archived there. Yes, it's this whole thing here. I have a tech guy, you know, wouldn't handle it and do this. But I've been here by myself, and so I've become pretty good at it, I guess. I don't know. Watch, watch. I just, I just, anyway. Everything will go just fine. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus. But listen. All of this boils down to whether or not you are successful or feel as though you're successful at what you're doing. We try to hide behind uh we, we try to hide our failures behind our color. Black people, I'm particularly talking to you. Latinos, we, we, you, you, get, you, you, do it, you do it a lot. Yeah, you do. We try to hide our failures when you look at the large picture. Not your personal ones but the failures of a people and not necessarily the whole people, but a group of people who become representative of the entire people. That's what is taking shape in America today. Do you realize that a small group of radicals on both sides whether they be Klansmen or whether they be Antifa, whoever they are. Do you realize that a small group of white people, black people on either side? Well, certainly not black people on our side um, uh, because we're all conservatives. We, we want to see the republic preserved. 
but the, the, a small number of social list and extreme right wingers have taken over and is causing America to define itself through their foolishness. My question is, why is it so easy for America to Americans to believe the worst about themselves. It's as though we have this uh, low self-esteem. And there seems as though there are people who want us to remain in a emotional state where as an American, as a black American, as a white American, as long as we can keep you beaten up, uh, feeling guilty, feeling less than, you, you, as long as you have low self-esteem, as long as I can keep you there, maybe I can uh, control you emotionally and maybe I can control actually your movement. Oh, man, hey, flu season, people be out and about doing whatever they want to do. They don't care about carrying flu home to grandma. How many grandmas got, get the flu from the little babies during every year and die? Oh, I'm, I'm about to get to what I really want to say to you today. Huh? You're going to die anyway. Whether it's the flu a heart attack, a car wreck, a plane crash, or maybe you just lay down and sleep away. You're going to die anyway. And if you think staying home from school going to lessen your chances of dying, maybe from coronavirus, I don't know, maybe from coronavirus, I don't know. Nobody knows. But if you think it's going to lessen your chance of dying and so you live your life uh, in, in a cocoon, you're crazy. I can't wait to get out there. I have to be, I'm going to wear a mask where I need to wear one. And if I come around my friends, as I said earlier, with they're having babies and Uncle C.L. certainly never harm uh, the mother of uh, my future nephews. And, you know, never. I understand, everybody understands that. But I'm talking about my personal life, living my life. I'm not going to be riding around in, inside my car with a mask on. I'm not doing it. And as soon as they come up with a vaccine for this, which I probably won't take, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, you can do what you want to do. You can act that crazy if you want to do and stop being so scary about death. I mean, the, the coronavirus ain't the only thing kill you. Huh? How many grandmas every cold and flu season, how many nursing home deaths are caused by relatives? coming in with the flu virus on them. I imagine there's a whole bunch of them. 
So coronavirus, I mean, I mean, you may think I'm not taking this seriously. I am. I know it's worse than uh, the I understand that. I get it. But coronavirus is not the only thing that can kill you. You should, if you're going to be afraid of that in the way that you're being afraid of it, you should be afraid of to to breathe. Are you hearing me? If you have this type of fear over something that is unseen, unpredictable, I mean, it's not like an alien walking around there. Okay, so there's a virus out there. But take whatever precaution. Keep yourself healthy. Take supplements. Take plenty of zinc or whatever. Uh, you need to take, uh, you know, magnesium, whatever. You know, you need to take. I take alfalfa. I take zinc almost on a daily basis. In fact, I take zinc daily. Uh, don't take a whole bunch of it daily. Uh, but, you know, low doses of zinc daily. I've, I've done that for years. Alfalfa the same way. I ate a lot of um, peanuts. I mean, I love peanuts. Yeah. Just about any way you can boil them. You know what? Even though I am from Louisiana, I don't like boiled peanuts. No. I like roasted peanuts. Yeah, I'm from northern Louisiana. Down in southern Louisiana, they do the boiling. My, my, relative, my relatives down there, they do the boiling uh, down there. But I grew up in the north. Northern Louisiana, so we do roasted. We do roasted up here. But my point is this: you're afraid of catching a cold, or you're afraid of catching something that's going to kill you. You're afraid of um, that. I want you to think about that. You should never drive down the street again. Do you understand the type of hysteria you're about, the type of hysterical state or or, or mindset you can put yourself in by allowing yourself to go down those paths? You see, by allowing yourself to be afraid like that, any uh, baby. If you're out in your yard, if you're going to be that paranoid, you better not stand out in your yard under any tree. A limb can fall out of that tree right now and kill you dead as you ever want to be. That's life. We face the ups, the challenges, the downs, the challenges. We face the challenges of life. Anything can kill you at any time. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Who would have ever thought that somebody would walk into a school and start shooting the kids? Who would have thought that there would be people standing on bridges somewhere shooting at cars or dropping rocks off? We live in a evil, fallen, and twisted uh, world where diseases and famines and things like that come about. But I believe the one thing that we forget, the one thing that we forget is the very fact that we were designed by our creator. And the one thing that keeps me hopeful, sane, and moving forward without fear 
is that I know that he designed me either to survive whatever can come up, can come about on this earth or it will take me out. Okay, of course, you rely on medical science or what have you to keep us healthy. But we were not designed to wear a mask around all the time. I just don't believe that. And I do it uh, where I need to, but I mean, hey, I'm just not going to bend to that, even though I'm yielding where I have to to be a good citizen. But there's going to come a time when the definite pushback against this type of ridiculous foolishness is going to, is must, it just must occur. So be ready. Are you hearing me? Be ready. Unfortunately, I think that um, the elections of 2020, and Lord knows that all of us, oh my goodness, we had high hopes for 2020 and we still do if we do the right thing here in 88 days it's just one of those things where we must we must do all we can to overcome our own frailties as far as race is concerned. When it boils down to the end of the day, <laughs> doesn't matter one whit. It's the character that always counts. It's the character. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our rights to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and my heartfelt desire is that God would bless and keep you all.